Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you have. Earlier this year, people who tended normally to eat out a lot have been eating home a lot more. And then as the months have gone on, people have gravitated back to, uh, if they're not eating in restaurants, to ordering takeout, curbside delivery, whatever. But that can get expensive in a time that a lot of people's incomes have really suffered. So there's something that was really hot back about 2017, 2018, and that was meal kits. And it was supposed to be the next great wave where you would get prepackaged containers with the the whole meals and then the step-by-step how to make them. So you had all the ingredients and all you had to do was cook them because they'd already prepared everything you needed. Well, it was like a big hit at first and then a miss. But these things are back and doing stronger. In fact, revenues up 20, 30% for a lot of these. And so Consumer Reports did a deep dive on five of the very popular, most popular of the meal delivery kits to see how nutritious they were, how easy they were to prepare, how good the ingredients were, and what it actually cost to feed a family. And they found that these kits varied in price, generally were very convenient, that the, um, the kits typically had very good, high-quality ingredients, and that the food tasted good. I mean, you know, Consumer Reports usually writes with a bit of a chip on its shoulder telling you what are the things that aren't that good with something, but they tended to like these kits a pretty good amount. They were concerned with the level of sodium and a lot of the meals, but as a general rule, the meals were um, good to excellent. As far as the kits, the kit that overall Consumer Reports testers liked the best was Home Chef. The price per week, 107 bucks. And in every category, the user experience score was a 5 out of 5. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And so Home Chef was not the cheapest, but as a general rule, the calorie counts were very reasonable. And the variety of items, the vegetables, the grains, uh, all of that, very good. Uh, there was one that was very expensive that also rated across all categories five for five, and that's Sun Basket, where in the case of Home Chef, 
107 bucks a week. Sunbasket, 144 a week. Again, the quality of the food good, the calorie counts very reasonable. Hello Fresh, 101 bucks. So the cheapest so far of them and did not get 5 out of 5 in all categories but did uh, really well. Blue Apron, cheaper yet, but uh, the quality overall of the experience, not as good. Ingredients missing or damaged, deliveries delayed, um, a number of issues that people had using Blue Apron. And then the cheapest of all was also more complicated to work with, Dinnerly. Dinnerly was 68 bucks a week which was significantly cheaper than anyone else. And people really liked the price points with it, but they found that it was uh, more work to cook with the Dinnerly kits. And so if you look at that thing that people in marketing are always talking about, the best overall value, absolutely based on the Consumer Reports testers and tasters and whatever elsers home chef wins the day it's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask and kim who do you have a question from first this is from spencer in georgia and spencer says my wife and i have been married for four years and we have a newborn i graduated college in 2018 and i didn't didn't even pause for me to say congratulations congratulations on on the baby yes thank you all right i graduated from college in 2018 and i've been working ever since my wife is still finishing school We've been in apartments the majority of our marriage, and now we're looking to buy a home, hopefully within the next year or two. We have no credit, mostly because we don't have a credit card. Is there a good credit card to start with to help us build credit, and maybe that also has rewards? I've heard about programs where you can put zero down on homes and still get financing, and I'm wondering if this is something that would be available to people like us that don't really have credit yet. Okay, so that's uh, two entirely different sections of question there. So let's deal with the credit first. So getting credit when you haven't had any, you've never had a credit card, is something that used to be a a very linear process and not a very friendly one. Now there are credit card issuers that are using different criteria to determine who is credit worthy and should be granted a card when they haven't had one before. One in particular I'd like for you to look at as a couple is Petal Card, P-E-T-A-L Card. And Petal Card does not use traditional credit scoring to decide whether or not you are credit worthy. In addition, a number of credit unions offer credit cards now that are those designed for people who've not had credit before that are a traditional card with some special credit union twists, but keep it from being a straight-jacketed secured card. One other thing that's new, if you are Venmo users, Venmo has a new credit card itself that uses alternative ways of determining who is credit-worthy to have a card instead of the traditional credit scoring straight-up or straight-down model. On buying a home with a 0% mortgage, that is very unusual today. 
Almost all loans require a down payment, except for those from local special housing assistance agencies. If you go to HUD.gov, you'll be able to see local housing assistance agencies. They generally require that you and your wife complete um, a financial education course, and in turn, that will make you eligible for various forms of special financing, non-traditional financing, that will allow you to even be able to buy a home potentially with no money down. Joel? Clark Rick in South Carolina says, I'm adding a garage slash workshop to my property. The cost will be around $13,000. I have a small woodworking business that's normally out of my garage, but now it'll be out of the workshop. So when I say small, I'm talking about an income of around three dollars or $4,000 a year. Is deducting the cost or some of the cost of the building I'm getting an option for tax purposes? I don't want to go overboard with the IRS, but I also want to take full advantage of any options that are available. Okay, so as long as your side business is profitable and that three or $4,000 in income is money you're making net of expenses, it's not a hobby, it's a business. And if you use the, the addition, the woodworking shop, so exclusively for your business, then you will be able to um, deduct that amount over time. If you use it for non-exclusive purposes, a portion of it will be able to be deducted. And so you're not playing dirty with the tax code at all. And there may even be other expenses you have right now that you don't think of as business expenses that would be eligible for inclusion in this side business. Kim? Jennifer in Florida also has a very small side business. Uh, Six employees includes her husband and herself, and she's wondering if it's possible to set up a 401k plan for them and their employees. And if so, how do you go about doing it? You can set up a 401k um, in a very small business. It used to be extremely cost prohibitive. Now there are a number of what are known as fintechs, that are these are these companies that have started up to offer uh, essentially semi-automated investing that offer affordable 401k plans. Two players that specialize in small company 401ks, Betterment.com and Guideline.com. Look at both of those and see if either of those will work for you for setting up your own small business 401k. Joel? Clark Christie in Michigan says, I'm a 64-year-old widow and I have a low credit score. I've had some bills go into collections, mostly medical, because of various circumstances. My question is, at my age, is it still a good idea to try and improve my credit score? I have a car that's paid for and it has a few good years left in it. I live with a friend, so I don't have a mortgage to pay. I intend to pay off my debt eventually, of course, but I'm wondering how concerned I actually need to be with that credit score. In your case... Worrying about your credit score is one worry I would not have. Medical debt accounts for roughly half of the collections or late pays that people have on their credit. And it's just a fact of how we provide medicine in the country that so many tens of millions or is in the hundreds of millions, tens of millions of people at least end up with unpaid past due medical debt. Um, don't fret about it. 
and know that your credit heals automatically with time as these medical bills get older they eventually fall off your credit at seven years there's a window that someone could sue you over one of those old medical debts it would have to be a pretty substantial one before anything like that would be an issue and of the things you need to set a priority for this is not it if you get solidly back on your feet financially and you want to pay uh, some of these medical debts you don't pay anybody a penny to you have in writing that whatever amount you agree on represents payment in full against that debt kim Gary in Wisconsin says, I want to be able to occasionally transfer money from my bank account to my son's account. The amount will range from a few hundred dollars to perhaps 5000 Which of the many fund transfer methods would you recommend? Something maybe like Venmo, Zelle, or something else? So when you're moving money around with friends or family, using Venmo or Cash App is a really solid choice. Because of problems that Zelle has in its architecture, Zelle is an unusually dangerous platform even to exchange money among family and friends. And the Zelle people have been very unhappy and taken exception with what I've said. So if you're not happy, Zelle, fix the problem. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Doug is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Doug. Hey, Clark. This is Doug. Nice to speak with you. Great to have you here. And, Doug, you got a boat. What kind of boat do you have? I have a uh, 24-foot um, kind of offshore, inshore fishing boat. I had a question about some finance that I've done on it. All right. I got loan out for the boat um, approximately $60,000 in April, and we've cut it down to $46,000 currently. We've been kind of doubling up on payments, but one of the options – on the payments, when we've been doubling up, is just uh, the payment amount, which typically is around five hundred dollars or more. I could double that and make it more, but I also had an option for additional principal-only payment. And I was going to ask you how that worked in the payment plan, or is that how that worked versus just increasing the current payment? All right, that's a great question, and you want to do it as a as additional principal payment. Because what you don't want to do, what the lenders do, is they try to get you to do prepayment of loan payments where they still are able to charge you interest on it and you're just letting them hold the money, garner the interest on it, and then apply the payment when you make additional payments ahead versus principal prepayment. What principal prepayment does for you is every dollar you pay towards principal prepayment eliminates that dollar ever having interest charged on it ever again. So you want to take advantage of, on the coupon, where is it a coupon or do you do it electronically, where you select additional principal payment? Yeah, I do it online. 
Okay, so when you do that online, I also want you to run your own amortization schedule to make sure these are free to do, to make sure that the lender is applying the money as they should to principal balance. And that's really easy to do now. There are apps you can download to your phone, um, both for iPhones and Androids that are free, that will do the calculations for you to make sure that your lender is uh, reducing your loan balance as they should. Or you can go on a laptop or desktop and just Google or whatever search engine you use for an amortization calculator. You put in the exact terms of your boat loan and you'll be able to track over time when you make an additional principal payment that the lender has in fact reflected it properly in your loan balance. You've got to do the homework to check up on them so they don't either by a clerical error or on purpose cheat you on the balance on your loan. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. And so there are times that you'll feel ripped off by me, where you feel the answer that I've given to someone, the advice, the opinion, the information is wrong or doesn't ring true or incomplete. So it's really important to me that this show be all about us helping each other, that we're all members of Team Clark. And if you hear me say something that doesn't feel right or you know to be wrong, please go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and post it. And then weekly, right here on the show, producers Kim and Joel go through the Clark Stinks posts and share highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, Clark, first up today from John. John says, on a recent Clark Stinks a listener mistakenly assumed that you had DirecTV for the NFL Sunday ticket. I was excited when you responded that you can now stream Sunday ticket instead of getting DirecTV. But I tried to sign up and I was told that I wasn't eligible. Getting DirecTV is still my only option. And this was a fail on my part because there are only certain conditions where you can have the streaming NFL Sunday ticket, instead of having to pay for the massively overpriced DirecTV TV product and then layer on top of it NFL Sunday ticket. So number one, college students. Not only can college students stream NFL Sunday ticket, they get it at a fraction of the cost. 
go to college, send a kid to college, anything that gets you an EDU address so you can get NFL Sunday ticket. Um, anyway, number two, you live in a multifamily property, you know, like an apartment complex where you can't get a shot of the sky or you're not allowed to have uh, dishes. There's no place you can put one and have a shot. Then you're eligible to have the streaming NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, let me think what other things. You live in a home, but you don't have a clear shot of the sky from your home to have satellite service. I'm trying to think if there's any others that would apply. So let me tell you the, the real answer people do. They uh, look for a friend or family member who lives multifamily or there's a kid in college or something like that. And they work out a deal with a friend or family member to sign them up, and then they are able to watch NFL Sunday ticket streaming because of the friend or family members or college students' address. That's the real answer how people get around this ridiculous restriction that the failed direct TV tries to cram their satellite down people's throats that almost nobody wants anymore. That's why they lost over a million subscribers almost 2 million in six months. Joel? Clark Sean says, you need to check your shoe because you're definitely tracking in some dog poo. You oh, have... again? <laughs> again, yeah. I got to look at my feet more closely when I walk. Agreed, yeah. Uh, he says, you had a caller asking about paying off high interest debt recently. He suggested several ways he thought he could. Then you came out of left field and suggested he pick up some overtime at work. I don't know where this suggestion came from. It was not one of the options he gave you. In fact, especially now, overtime is not an option for most. Your audience truly values your help, except for when you go off on one of your tangents. Thank you for that. And the reason that I suggested as an option, um, more pay, part-time job, whatever, was I was really worried about the overall living costs that uh, the individual was facing and the level of debts. I didn't feel like it was going to be easy to handle those debts as they existed and the living costs as they were without um, trying to come up with some part-time work or part-time income. So normally I would not have said that, but in that particular case, maybe I was a bad listener, but I felt like that was what I needed to suggest. I appreciate your, uh, your opinion that I missed the mark on that. Kim? Paul says, Clark, I was changing my one-year-old's diaper, and I thought there was enough stink there until you mentioned that you thought that two-year colleges need to be free. As a society, we need to get out of this mentally free thing. When I hear that word, I think of me and you as taxpayers being on the hook for something. It's called personal responsibility. Yes, I love the idea of two-year schools and trade schools for young people, but it means more to the individual when you pay your own way and the individual then has some skin in the game. Thank you. And I do appreciate that post. So let me explain why I look at school now as a 14 year journey instead of a 12. That it used to be possible regardless of background, regardless how you grew up, family circumstances, that someone with a high school degree could generally earn a good living 
through their working lifetime. It's not true anymore. It requires additional training, additional skill. That's why I've talked about flipping the whole education system upside down. And instead of having people take prereqs the first two years, that they take directly into um, a course of study that leads to employment the first two years. And in order to create uh, more opportunity for people who are at the lower end of the income uh, quadrant in the United States, quadrant, does that work as a word? Anyway, that we provide them an opportunity to get a trade at a, a state-supported technical college or at a community college for free so that we can have a more productive, better education, better trained workforce. I completely hear you on personal responsibility and appreciating college more. As someone who paid for a lot of my college through my undergraduate and graduate time, I know how much I appreciated getting my degrees, having paid part of the freight, and I hear you. Joel? Clark, this one's from Brooke. She says, I had my husband listen to you for the first time, and we both agreed you gave a less than stellar answer to a listener who was asking why to use credit cards instead of debit cards. You explained the security concerns and then told her to get more credit uh, credit cards to keep utilization rates low. However, you seem to always leave out the fact that you can pay off your credit card before the statement date, uh, thereby giving you a zero utilization rate. Please remind uh, listeners and viewers that you can always pay your credit cards off early and keep utilization rates low. And that is a phenomenal suggestion on both of your parts, and it's actually how you can have the greatest immediate impact on your credit score and credit standing, especially important for people that are qualifying for a mortgage for a home because your utilization rate accounts for just under a third of your overall credit score, hundreds of points. So the idea of this is you can check online or with an app and see what your balance is and what your closing date is. You pay your balance before that closing date and then a much lower amount of utilization ends up being reported and translates into a magnificent, immediate improvement in your score. Kim? Randy says, on a recent program, you told a caller that you didn't like the idea of a mortgage recast because the lender will re-amortize and extend payments back to the term of the original loan. Clark, I do not think this is how it works. At least with my lender, you are required to make a substantial principal payment and then they recalculate payments according to the remaining years of your loan. I appreciate your response because recasting is a term that is used for a number of scenarios. And the most common situation is that you give a lump sum of money in return for having lower payments. That's the most common way to do it or most common use of the term but it is not a term that only has a single definition so what i was trying to explain is with recasting it is really a reamortization of a loan that can have a number of different flavors and 
I think you're right that in my answer, I was too limited in how I referred to it. Joel? Clark Betty says, those of us in the know are tired of hearing how teachers are underpaid. My district tops out pay at $114,000 a year, and that's for 184 days of work. Most of us work 223 days a year, considering vacations and holidays. If you add insurance for health, dental, vision, and life, you're up to $126,000 a year. Add retirement to that, and we're up to $137,000 a year, again, just for 184 days of work. They can retire after 25 years and make at least $57,000 a year, while the rest of the country attempts to live on Social Security. So when a teacher cries that they are not paid in the summer, that means that they can work for those months and, and earn even more money. If they don't like the system, their union has set up that new teachers make the least and tenure equals raises uh, as opposed to merit. It's their own fault. So when I did that um, particular item, it was a 50-state survey, and there were some states where teachers are paid very well, and there are others where teachers are paid very poorly. And in states where the teachers' unions are intensely strong, teachers may get uh, a huge amount of pay, potentially, and all the benefits you talked about. But in any of a number of states, teachers are paid well below the market. And so that's why I didn't say it as teachers everywhere are paid terribly. I actually named the states where the survey found teachers were paid substantially below market rates for the equivalent level of education that they have. So I appreciate that post, but it really is a local issue state by state. And I appreciate everybody's posts. And thank you for letting me know when an answer I give is misleading or is really incomplete. I appreciate that very, very much. Nicole is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Nicole. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm great. It's an honor to talk to you. Well, it's great to have you here. And Nicole... Do you know you are the second person I've heard from recently who had a multi-decade term life insurance policy that is reaching its end? Do you know what a pioneer you are? Because (laughs) 20 years ago, nobody even knew what term life insurance was. Well, I try to do what you say, Clark. I, I, I try. So that's why I'm calling to get some more advice from you. Well, let's see how I can be of service. What's the scoop? Okay, so I'm... 45, let's say 46, because that's coming next month. Um, so why do you look 28? Is, What's that about? <laughs> um, so I had a 20-year <laughs> policy, right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Clark. I had a 20-year policy that's about to expire, and I honestly thought it was expiring sooner than it is because my oldest child is 19, um, and I thought I got it right after she was born, but I actually have four years left. But I still need to ask you what to do because I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and the 13-year-old is special needs. So um, it it throws a little different plan. Um, I think it would be a little bit of a different plan than a typical person. Sure. Um, And do you know about the 529-ABLE account for your special needs child? I, I do not. All right, so this is very key and important information for you. We'll circle back to the insurance question. So Congress passed a law years ago that only in the last few years has become 
a commonly available thing called a 529-ABLE. It's like a cousin of a college savings account. So it allows okay. you for a special needs child to put aside up to $15,000 a year that can then be used for care for the lifetime of your young child as they grow and not hurt any public assistance that might be available for an adult who has special needs. Wow. Okay. That's great to know. So it's a very, very valuable thing for you to look at. 529 ABLES are generally sponsored by states. There aren't as many of them as there are 529 college savings plans. I have a little bit of information about ABLES on Clark.com, and you want to look at the costs of them just as I talk about for people with 529 college savings plans. But some of the plans now mirror the same expenses as the low-cost 529 college plans. Wow. Okay, Which means great. no Thank commissions, you. no commissions. You buy them direct, and it it is a priority for you to have money um, for even when you're living later in life or when you're not with us, that there's money there that specifically addresses the needs of your special needs child. Is your special needs child likely to have a normal lifespan, but continue to have special needs? Probably. Um, Without getting into too much detail, the doctors believe she's capable. It may take her a little longer to get where she needs to go, but nobody really knows, you know, until it happens. She is autistic and high-functioning, so um, it's a little bit more challenging, um, like I said, than the typical, you know, life insurance question. But I had no idea about this plan, so thank you. So the ABLE would be a very important piece of the puzzle for you. On the term life insurance, term life insurance rates are at the lowest price they've ever been right now. There's enormous competition in the marketplace. And even though you have four years left on your existing one, at 46, it would probably be good for you to um, see if you qualify for a new 20-year policy. It would cover all your kids into adulthood and provide um, money for the remainder of what would be your key working lifetime. Yes. And if you qualified for a good low-cost 20-year level term to replace what you have, then you would just allow the existing policy to either expire or if the premiums are low enough, you'd have double coverage for four years. Okay, great. Thank you. Sure. And and, um, spend some time reviewing the ABLE accounts because I think it would be a very nice thing for you um, to provide for your child. And the expenses are a very important part of it. And that's why you got to spend time to look at the expense ratios, that you want to be under half a percent. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.